0: After weeks and weeks of hype and anticipation surrounding Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, we got to experience about 180 seconds of it. What's up, Jets fans? Welcome to a bit of a somber Jet Nation Live. We are your hosts, Dylan Terriman, Glenn Naughton, and Chris Schubert. On a Tuesday episode, we had some breaking news, so we do have to share it with you. Glenn already put out a solo video, but now we have the three of us together, so we're going to get our thoughts we're also going to cover the rest of the game that did happen last night, the thrilling overtime victory against the Buffalo Bills. But first and foremost, Aaron Rodgers, the big storyline, left Achilles out for the season, four plays into the game, hasn't didn't complete a pass as a New York Jet. I have the Gotham green Aaron Rodgers jersey that he will never get to wear, depending on his decision to return to the team or not. And it's just, it's gut-wrenching. I don't know how else to feel it. I mean, if anybody's been paying attention to the things I've said about Aaron Rodgers, they know I'm so, like, I'm over the moon about this guy and what was going to happen to this team. So, for this to happen, four plays in, personally, I feel like absolute dog shit today. For him, first and foremost, I don't even, like, I watched the game and I didn't have any emotion until the Garrett touchdown. So, it's been tough. I just feel for him. I don't even care what his decision is. Play ball again, retire. Don't go through the rehab process. Just go golfing and do ayahuasca, whatever you want to do. So it's really gut-wrenching for me from a personal level. From a Jets level, we'll get into it. Uh Glenn, what are your thoughts first and foremost? And then we'll get right into it with Chris. I mean, it's
1: like I, you know, I've said a couple times, like for those of us who have been around for a while, um, you know, and and seeing you know, a, a Jets team that a lot of people were gonna were saying would go to the Super Bowl, and watching Vinny Testaverde rupture his Achilles in the first quarter of the first game, or living through the Favre thing where he, you know, he stayed on the field, but you know the the NFL's Iron Man was injured um, and had to play hurt, and the team fell apart down the stretch in a season where people were saying the Jets might be good enough to go to the Super Bowl. So really, there's only been a couple times in my life where the sort of national media agreed that the Jets were not necessarily a Super Bowl favorite, but a realistic pick to go. And every time it's happened, we've had something like this. Um, You know, even the Rex years when they were when they could have gone, you still at the end of the day had Mark Sanchez. So you knew you were going to be limited. Um, So but but this one, you know, and it's, it's not just recency bias. This is the worst of all of them. We got one goddamn pass attempt, you know, six, seven months of anticipation. We get one pass attempt and the guy's gone. And probably look, you know, I'm I'm of two minds here. The the logical part part of my brain is just saying he's gonna retire. He's 40. Like he literally told us that before agreeing to come to the Jets, he had to do some things to make sure he was still physically able to play a full season and he couldn't play a full drive. Um, but the emotional side of my brain is like he he can't have his career come to an end like this. You know, he, he's got to there's got to be that part of him that wants to come back. And now we wait and see if that's the case.
2: I've had the opportunity to kind of sit on this right going. I know you've done a couple of different videos and pieces of content, and and I haven't tweeted a ton about it. And I've been able to kind of sit back and consume what everybody else has been thinking and really kind of gather myself. So I consider myself lucky in that regard that I've had this opportunity to kind of process all of this information, and the thing that I will say, that is my biggest current takeaway from all of this, is the decision that Aaron Rodgers is going to make for 2024 is something I am completely putting on the back burner. The New York Jets won a football game last night. The New York Jets are one and zero. The New York Jets have 16 more games that they're going to play this season, with their entire destiny in their hands, in the hands of Zach Wilson, in the hands of Garrett Wilson, in the hands of Brees Hall, in the hands of Dalvin Cook in the hands of Nathaniel Hackett, Robert Sala, this defense, the coaching staff, their destiny is in their hands. And I I find myself going back to the quote because I listened to Robert Sala's press conference today and he said, there's a lot of people that are writing our obituaries next to our team name today. And you can guarantee that that is the rally cry that this team is going to use. That they think that everybody else thinks you're just Aaron Rodgers. That everybody else in this room doesn't mean a damn to anybody in this league. And I guarantee you, from everything I've seen from Robert Sala as a coach, that he is going to use that as a rallying cry. We can talk about what this means for the rest of the 2023 New York Jets, and there's a very valid conversation about what they should do, what this should look like, what the new expectations, the, the shifting of the goalpost should be. But for me, I think anybody that wants to have a conversation about the decision that Aaron Rodgers is going to make in 2024, you are not focused on what needs to be focused. I am not waving the white flag, giving up on this season, because I'm here to tell you, until I see an E – next to the New York Jets team name on any standings page I look at, whether it's ESPN, whether it's NFL.com, whether it's the mobile app you use on your phone, until I see an E next to their their name, that they are not in it, I think this team can still be relevant enough and can be competitive enough to do something special.
0: Fire me up, Chris. I'm really glad that you said don't put an obituary on the team name because I wrote that in all caps coming out of solace presser. It's absolutely true. They're going to use that as – their bulletin board material, so to speak, of, oh, everybody's writing us off. We're the New York what-ifs this season. We're no longer the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, whatever. You saw the, the graphic I flashed up there, 75 seconds. That's all we got of him. It was gone quicker than we could imagine. You know, um, There's fans that didn't even get in the stadium we were talking about that that didn't even get to see him play. So it's really unfortunate. We have to obviously talk about what happens to the Jets' team in in moving forward and in the future. But I think first we need to talk about Rodgers. I don't know. I Maybe this is just the eternal optimist in me finally coming around almost 24 hours later, listening to a a bit about the doctors and uh, Pat McAfee's bit with uh, Dr. Chow, I believe his name is, about the injury and everything. And he seemed pretty um, optimistic, I should say, about Rodgers coming back and being the competitive guy and, and attacking the rehab. But then there's part of me that says... Does he even want to do this? Like Glenn said, he's about to turn 40 in December. Nobody really wants to go through that 8, 10, 12-month grueling process. But to that, I say, hey, get him on the Brees Hall game, uh, the, 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 the plan that he got for the ACL, and we'll have him back by June. You know, And luckily, it's not an upper body. It's not an arm injury for Rodgers, so he can still throw the ball. Obviously, his mobility will be limited, but like you said, it's hard to – Think about it in definitive statements of what is Rogers going to do? Is he going to retire? Is he going to stay? And we need to put it on the back burner. But it is something to think about if he has surgery and he comes back to the building to just be around the team, be in meetings or what have you. That's your first key sign that he's probably coming back next season. Obviously, I don't want to put the cart before the horse and I want to let him speak whenever he does speak about it. Um, and, and share his thoughts. But I just think that the optimist in me is saying he comes back, although there's a bigger part of me that still thinks he's probably done depending on the severity of the injury. So, Chris, first, uh, do you, are you optimistic about him in 2024? And then right off to Glenn.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just cannot see a scenario where this guy that has, to some people, this big bravado and ego about him, letting that be the lasting image of his career. Because forget the back to back MVPs, forget the four MVPs in total, forget the Super Bowl in Green Bay. The lasting image of Aaron Rodgers, if he decided to never play again, is going to be that Monday night football game. It's just not going to happen, guys. He is not going to let that be his lasting image. I think he would rather come back and fail and throw for like 2,200 passing yards than let that be the lasting image of his career. I don't see a scenario unless it just, he cannot get his body to a place that he wants it to be, I do not see a scenario where he's not going to get the surgery and he is going to do everything in his power to be ready for week one next season. I I, am just, again, maybe it's to use the phrase that you use, Dylan, the eternal optimist in me, but everything we know about Aaron Rodgers and everything that everybody wants to attribute to Aaron Rodgers, right? With the ego, the bravado, the way he carries himself. If you're going to say that about Aaron Rodgers, you can then not also say, oh yeah, he's done. He's going to retire off of this. No, right. he is going to be back in the jet uniform next season. Again, it's a tough injury to rehab from. It's a tough injury to rehab from at his age. Those are all things that are against him. But if he wants to do it, we have he has shown if he wants something, he will do everything in his power to get it done. And so for me, I expect the 2024 starting quarterback to be Aaron Rodgers for the New York Jets until I'm proven otherwise. Until I hear it from Aaron Rodgers' mouth himself, I expect him to
0: be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets next season. I like this new Chris that we have here all of a sudden. Sorry, Glenn, but uh, I like this yeah, all, new optimistic All off season, I love it.
2: Aaron Rodgers in the building all offseason. Eh, 10 wins, not going to make the playoffs. Everything's fine. It's complete doom and gloom. Time for me to shine, baby. Let me get everybody fired up. Let's go.
0: Amazing. Glenn, you're on mute. Glenn is muted. Glenn, you're on mute.
2: <laughs> the, re- the reaction of him recognizing that he's on mute was absolutely amazing. Yep, <laughs> it was fantastic. Because he was going, he had something to say about what I was saying that he. Just, we, not got
1: we, got we got you now. I don't know what that was, but I wasn't on mute. Like I just unplugged and plugged back in; it worked. But hmm. either way, either way, yeah, I, I I said a couple years ago, I, I don't know what it is. I, I maybe some people just have that trait, but I started to notice that when everyone was high on the Jets, I was low, and when everyone was low, I was high. It was a weird thing. Um, so Chris saying that is funny because I've I've found myself being the same way oftentimes. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows right now. I don't. I think this is something he's got to think through and and who and listen, everyone is so different with stuff like this. Who knows where his mind takes him? Like, is it, you know, well, I want to see if my body can hold up. Just showed that I couldn't. I'm done. Or is it the competitive? I'm not going out like that. I'm not gonna. You know, as Chris said, I got the lasting image be me just sitting on the turf. With my, you know, with my knees up, my arms crossed over my knees, um, I, I want to believe he's going to come back. I want that to be the answer. I think, you know, it's. I just think it's impossible to say because I don't think he even knows. But again, if we just look at the competitor that Aaron Rodgers is, um, that that's enough to give you hope. Um, but the, the age is such a factor. Um, but you know, Vinny, Vinny was never as good as Rodgers, obviously, but Rodgers you know, part of what makes him special that, you know, is that mobility is that that ability to feel pressure and get out of the way. And, you know, no, he's not, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can still move and move well. And if he loses some of that mobility in that aspect of his game, is he going to be the same player? Okay, great. He comes back, but you know, you get an above average quarterback versus elite, which again with this team can still be good enough, but um, it's, it's a it's a question that I don't think he even knows the answer to. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm not gonna guess. I'll just say I, I hope that I hope the answer will be yeah, I'm gonna come back because I don't want my I don't want that to be my my final moment on an NFL football field.
0: Yeah, from everything that I've watched or listened to today, Solace Presser, um a couple, you know, big news bits like Pat McAfee, a couple ESPN bits, it sounds like He wants like they want him to come back. Obviously, everybody wants Aaron Rodgers to come back, but they seem a little bit optimistic. I just go to the body language. If there's a team that I followed closer, like as closely as the Jets, it's the Packers. And it was probably because of Aaron Rodgers. So when I saw his body language after that sack, he threw the ball at the defender. That was the first key. Then they switched the camera angle and it shows Conklin kind of looking a little worried off to the side in Rodgers direction. Pans back to Rodgers, he yeah. gets up, he limps a little bit, which that was Rodgers' competitive spirit absolutely trying to play harder on that foot and see if he can go. Then he looks over at the sideline, puts his hands on his hips, and just gives a subtle no. And I was like, fuck. Yep. I don't want to curse on this podcast, world. but fuck. Yeah. That's exactly what I said, and I just sat there. I was like, this is this is the, the inevitability of what has happened. And people blame the turf. People blame – Dwayne Brown, people are blaming Leonard Floyd for putting too much weight on Rodgers and like riding his back. I'm like, you're sacking I the man. I don't know what yet. else you that's, want.
1: That's hilarious.
0: My my blame, and I don't want to put blame on anybody, but if you're really going to blame somebody, just blame Rodgers. Dude should have thrown the damn ball. Like it, it, Garrett might have been his third progression on that quick slant read on his backside, but if you know Dwayne Brown's cut blocking, you know it. This is a scripted play in the offense. Nathaniel Hackett put it in. Todd Downing knew, knew it. You knew it. All the offensive linemen knew what the assignment was. Throw the fucking ball. And you're not hurt. And so that's the part that really kills me. It's like it was kind of his fault, but I don't want to put blame in. I, I don't want people to blame Dwayne Brown. The offensive line looked terrible in a lot of phases of pass protection. That's not the play. He didn't do a great job, but that's not the play.
2: Do me a favor, Dylan, that that phrase you just said, that the offensive line was bad in pass protection a, a good portion of the game. Save that because I'm going to use it later in the show yeah. when people start to criticize a certain person that's going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. <laughs> just say oh, that. Yeah. Keep, keep that ready to go because you can't yeah. say that it was the reason why Rodgers got hurt. And then when Zach Wilson kind of struggles, it's, well, I, I don't know, Zach stinks. What, what, what's going on here? It's like, okay, it's playing behind the same offensive line.
0: So exactly, whatever. and be and, and, and he
2: consistent here, folks.
1: Yeah, and and that you know that that reminds me with, with saying blame. I saw the the tweet from Zach Rosenblatt saying Rodgers wasn't happy with the plays that had cut blocks, and you know, yeah, uh, he, he, he verbalized that to the coaching staff. I read that, and I'm thinking, did we not just spend like five months reading about how his best friend on the planet is his new offensive coordinator, and they're yeah. on the same page, and Aaron can audible in and out of anything he wants to, and blah blah, blah. but yet on the first drive, he's just running plays that he doesn't want to run, like. That just seemed weird. And as you said, Dylan, and I said it earlier, um, ball's got to come out. You know, and and Boomer Esiason said it on his show. You know, like, if it's a cut block, the ball's supposed to be out quickly. You can look at the replay. You can see uh, Garrett Wilson coming right to left over the middle, wide open, wide open. And if just throws that ball, then we're not having this conversation. Um, So I don't get blaming it. You know, Dwayne Brown, blaming anybody. You know, listen, it's a play that happened. Rodgers could have thrown the ball and he didn't. And I would bet, you know, I don't know if this is a thing where he's going to go radio silent until next year training camp, or if he will address the media at some point. Um, And I'd be surprised if he said anything other than, you know what, I got to get that ball out because he should have. Yeah. And play. I don't
0: think, I'm sorry. Yeah, right, no,
2: they were playing football and he got hurt playing yeah. football. He didn't yeah. get hurt in a, in, a, in a, you know, by somebody doing something dumb after a play they were playing football. It's the defender's job to tackle the quarterback. The quarterback had the ball. He tackled the quarterback. The quarterback got hurt. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I know everyone's looking for somebody Everyone to needs have this,
1: to blame someone for this exactly. vitriol
2: towards. Yeah. It, Aaron should get the ball out quicker. Dwayne Brown needs to do a better job of making sure that he actually gets Leonard Floyd. The play – like, there's a lot. The turf. Like, yes, there are places to put the win. They are playing football. When playing sports, injuries happen. It sucks. Like, it, I – I I don't mean to be this callous about it, but that's just the way it works sometimes. And if you're just going to just drown yourself in this misery of, I got to find somebody to blame for this. You're not going to be able to see the forest through the trees. You're just not, you've got to be able to compartmentalize and move on. Like I get it. I'm i I'm as upset as anybody, right? I was sitting on the couch, just staring at the screen. Like what is going on? But at some point you got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and say, okay, like Robert Salas said to close his press conference, we're on to Dallas. Like that's it. That's the next focus. There's 16 more games. They're not packing it in. So you shouldn't
0: Yeah, exactly. And with that, we are going to transition into what is next for the team. Obviously, we've teased it enough. Zach Wilson, he's the guy. Robert Sala said it himself today. He's going to be the guy. We don't know how long. They said that they're making phone calls. Phone calls are being made to them from agents of free agent quarterbacks. I I kind of agree with RG three. I don't know if anybody heard him on, I believe get up this morning, but he said it's Zach Wilson or bust. I don't think there's anybody that's available free agency. I mean, maybe via trade, obviously that can do a better job from Zach Wilson from the standpoint of, you know, the team, you know, the offense, you know, this, that, et cetera. Obviously there's more talented quarterbacks out there. We watched last night. It wasn't sunshine and rainbows. When Zach came in, there was some, some bad Zach throws, some good Zach throws. I I still think that you have to let Zach ride, probably through the bye week, probably a little longer. And at this point, if you're going to get to the bye week and you still have a chance with him, screw it. Keep going with him. If you have Zach Wilson and you're not in it by the bye week, screw it. Keep going with him. You have to figure this out. The kid's in his third year. You have to exercise his fifth-year option at the end of the season, yes or no. What what better chance? Right now is your chance. He learned three months behind Rodgers. Hopefully he – you know, got that crash course of of Rodgers and how to do everything he can do. It's not going to be perfect, obviously. But my stance is you have to let Zach ride. And I'm by no means a Zach supporter. I thought he had an up and down game last night. You know, he kind of did some good things. The touchdown pass was not at all his, you know, the only good thing I'll say is he threw it with timing. Not good accuracy, but Garrett Wilson is not human, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, Zach Wilson kind of has to be your guy. And I think you can bring in a veteran, maybe a Minshew or somebody, Matt Ryan, I think is on the, the retirement, but waiting for a call list. So you can bring in all these guys, but I think you got to just let Zach rip at this point. So Glenn, what are your thoughts on, on Zach for this season versus a quarterback? And then we'll go to Chris.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think you ride with Zach up until right before the trade deadline, you know, even maybe a little sooner than that. And again, depending on how he looks, I mean, if, if even three weeks from now, if he's still a zero touchdown, one interception guy per game guy, and you're just, you can't score just like you did last year. I think maybe you have to act with a bit more urgency, but if he's doing what he did last year before he really went downhill and they're finding ways to win games and he's showing improvement, then stick with him. But you give it up until right before the deadline, because you know, the thing I said is the reason why I don't see a deal happening now, even if the jets wanted to make one, not many teams are going to give up a even a decent quarterback after week one. Everyone's technically still in it. You know what team is going to tell their fan base? Yeah, we're trading our quarterback, um, and we're one and zero, or zero and one, or even if it's a backup quarterback, a guy like Gardner Minshew, he's got some value in Indy. However, if you wait till teams are one and four, and one and five, and you know zero and six, that's when you can say, you know what, our guy only has a year or two left on his deal. We're going to take a pick for him and move him to the Jets. So I think it's good. It gives you, you know, I think this is a situation where the trade deadline being pushed back is, is perfect for a scenario like this. You can get a better idea of where you are before you say, okay. And again, we've talked before about how the back half of this schedule is not nearly as tough as the front end. So you can say, Mm -hmm. all right, you know, we, we sort of, we limped to three and three or two and four, Uh, you know, a, a nice little win streak will get us right in the playoff picture Zach's been, you know, not, hasn't been good enough. We can go get somebody. Or you say, you know what? Zach has, been, Zach has been good enough. We are in the thick of this, and he is getting better. And let's stick with him and ride it out.
2: There's a lot to unpack with potentially bringing somebody else in. And I see a ton of people in the comments sharing things that are, I understand where they're coming from, but I just don't necessarily agree with them. And I'll say this. I think going into the season, we all thought, Get to the bye week at three and three, even with Aaron Rodgers on the roster. Get to the bye week at three and three. Guys, I almost watched Zach Wilson with a team that's not as good as this team almost beat New England last year. If he could go on one scoring drive and they don't give up a walk-off special teams touchdown, they beat New England, right? I watched this Jets team that was worse than they are this year go into Denver and beat the Denver Broncos. Those are two of the next couple of games they have before the bye week. So there you go. Those are the two games that you're. I'm, circling and saying win those two get to three and three you're probably gonna lose to dallas you're probably gonna lose to kansas City. you're probably gonna lose to philadelphia you're probably gonna lose those games anyway because it's gonna be a tough uphill battle maybe you beat dallas if you have Rodgers. get to three and three and you've got a chance now here's the problem everybody's suggesting all trade for taylor heineke all right you don't think atlanta after going 1-0 and is probably going to want to not have an insurance policy for desmond ritter if he goes down Indianapolis almost beat Jacksonville in week one. Oh, by the way, I, I, I don't know if anybody watches. Anthony Richardson left the game at one point because he got hurt and they put in Gardner Minshew. So they're going to keep Gardner Minshew. He's going to stick around. You cannot just call up a team. Andy Dalton in and Carolina, all these great examples. I get it. The New York Jets are not in a position to be calling any of these teams because these teams are not going to be willing to give up their insurance policies. Those guys are on their rosters week one now going into week two for a reason. Because these teams trust those guys in case of an injury. Specifically, in the case of Atlanta, they're 1-0. They could potentially win the division. They're, in a, they're a team that's good enough to win that division. So when you're looking at this, you're looking at Nick Foles. You're looking at Carson Wentz because you're trying to connect the Joe Douglas thing. You're looking at guys that have a Nathaniel Hackett connection, Blake Bortles. You're looking at Brett Rippon. Those are the types of connections you need to make because, one, they're free agents. The Jets just can make a phone call to an agent. And, oh, by the way, did you notice that the way it's been kind of referred to as everybody is the Jets are reaching out to free agent quarterbacks? They're not looking at the trade market. They're not going that direction. If there's an option, they'll do it. But, again, I just don't think there's a scenario. Now, Tyler Huntley is being mentioned in the chat. He's on Baltimore's practice squad. You could make that that a possibility because they're not using him as their backup. Now here's the other thing that I'd like to say, there.
0: Wait, Josh Johnson's their backup. I'm sorry to cut you off.
2: Yeah, the Tyler Huntley is they re, and he's on their practice squad. It was very weird, and as as a Tyler Huntley supporter, it hurts a little bit. That's Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley on a practice squad. It's a little hurtful.
0: Good for Josh Johnson, though.
2: I will say this: there is this aura around the idea of getting somebody else in because they got to have somebody better than Zach. Here's what I would ask: I'm going to ask a rhetorical question, but Dylan and Glenn, I'd love you to answer this. What is going to be the biggest concern for the New York Jets walking into every football game the remainder of the season if Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback?
0: Can can he hold up under pressure? Can, can they he make a drive, end in six, not three? Can,
2: can they be consistent enough offensively to win football games? No. If you sign Nick Foles, if you sign Carson Wentz, if you trade for Taylor Heineke, if you trade for Tyler Huntley, if you trade for Gardner Minshew, if you trade for any of the names that have been mentioned, do you know what the questions are going to be about the New York Jets on a week-to-week basis? Are they going to be consistent enough offensively to score enough points to win? It doesn't sure. matter. The, the, the answer was Aaron Rodgers. The answer was Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr in the offseason. The answer was trading for Matt Stafford. There is no answer that makes this what we thought it was going to be when the season begins. And for everything,
1: it. I think it all comes down to how, again, there's, there's different levels, right? Like, is Zach struggling or are, are they – Are they struggling to score points or are they struggling to to do more than kick a field goal, which is what we saw last year? Like you can't, you can't score 13 points every week. And I think, you know, like those guys you mentioned that I'm not a huge fan of any of them, but you like a guy like Nick Foles, like has Nick Foles ever had a stretch where he goes five weeks without a touchdown and three weeks without a touchdown. Like that's how bad things were with Zach, but he has shown some improvement. We have seen him throw with pressure in his face. We have seen him how many screens did he throw the other day? And they were all fine. There was nothing. There were no dirt balls. There were no balls sailing over anybody's head. Not, you know, on on the, on the short game, which we saw constantly the last couple of years. So he's taken some steps. And I think, I think you just go heavy, heavy run game and just let Zach throw when he's got to throw it and, and try to beat some teams with defense and run game.
2: So if I can, because I have, I have a counter to that. Cause I think that methodology, I think it bothers me, right? I'm not actually sure how I feel about it, but I think it bothers me for two reasons. Why? Right? right. Because if, they are going to play that way, then they're going to limit the amount of points they're going to score. If they're just going to try to play defense run game and play field position and just try to grind it out, then they're absolutely playing into, we want to win every game 16, 13. Like that's the way they're going to play. And so for me, and again, it was an emergency situation last night. I'm not going to get on the coaching staff too much, but I will tell you this last night in the fourth quarter of that football game, after you got the fumble, I thought the play calling by Nathaniel Hackett and company in order to put the game on ice was absolutely atrocious. If you are not going to open it up and throw a pass to ice the game, because I'll tell you this, you got Buffalo to burn two timeouts. Great. They still had an eternity. They had a minute and 48 seconds and one timeout, and they basically kept the timeout in the bag the entire time. So you cannot coach that way. If you want to not play these games where you go stretches, where you don't have five games without a touchdown, you got to open it up. You've got to take chances. You've got to let Zach be the creative guy that you thought you were taking with the number two overall pick. And I'll tell you this. He makes the mistake to Matt Milano last night. It's a bad read. Guess what, everybody? Zach Wilson ain't going to be perfect. I know everyone wants to get on Zach Wilson. He's going to have games where he turns the ball over. He's not going to. Aaron Rodgers turns the ball over. Did you watch Josh Allen last night? Guys considered a top three quarterback, turn the ball over four times, should have been a fifth on the, the fumble earlier in the game.
0: Mosley Pittman
1: is been a sixth. Mosley holds on. Right.
2: So, okay, so guys turn the ball over. Zach Wilson is not yeah. going to go out there and beat 25 of 25 for 325 yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions. That's just not the way football works. Is he making progress? And is he, is he making this team better? And that is why I back up and I say Zach Wilson should be the starter for the remainder of the season barring an injury. Because you need to end this season knowing what Zach Wilson is and what he isn't. Because I'm here to tell you, you're going to have the first round pick next year. By the way, you cannot. I know there are people in the chat who say you can do this. The New York Jets cannot trade their first or second round picks for the 2024 draft until the completion of the season. They are not able to use those picks because of the condition that's put on them. The only way they can do that is they have to call up Green Bay and have them agree to a new deal. They have to modify the current deal. And I'm here to tell you, Green Bay's not going to really be in the mood to be like, yeah, you know what, we'll, we'll work with you here. They're not going to do that. Even, so the Jets would have to probably even
1: with Rodgers on IR, like Rodgers can't come back.
2: No, it, There's the no way he can
1: it, meet it, the requirement for it, a one.
2: It won't vest until the season is over. The Jets would have to call Green Bay and renegotiate the deal. So they don't have their one at, at – until, until, until the day after the Super Bowl? So the day after the Super Bowl. Well, okay. after the regular season because it's regular season snaps, right? So that, I guess oh, they okay. would have it. I guess sure. they would have it. Right. Before, yeah, I, right? I see.
1: I know what you mean like on paper, but – so, I'd be surprised if – like, I, w- I would a, have thought really- once he goes on IR, you say, well, that trade is over because it's yeah. – by rule, he cannot play again, so he's no, not going to hit that that threshold.
2: Yeah, I, for what – I read a bunch of people today who said that the Jets do not have the ability to move either of their picks until, until that happens. I would play Zach all 17 games and, or, I guess, every the, the 16 games that are remaining because you need to walk into this offseason because you're going to have your first-round pick. You need to know, is Zach the guy we're handing this over to or – are we using that first round pick to hand it over to somebody else? Because for I, me, I think, I, I think again, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, for me, you're going to walk into next season. You're going to have a 40 turning 41 year old quarterback coming off of a torn Achilles. If he plays, are you really going to roll the dice again with that after you just saw what happened a year ago? No, I think you're going to use the first round pick on getting the heir apparent for the, for the guy down the road.
1: Yeah. I think I if you play him again, and he looks like he did against teams like new England again, and you're going out there, three, four, five weeks in a row, scoring between three and nine points, you kind of know what you have. Like, he's far along enough. He's got enough weapons. We saw what the running game's able to do. We know what the receiver brings, you know, with Garrett Wilson. Like, he's got enough guys that he, a bad quarterback should be able to put up, you know, 14 points a game with this team. If he goes back to, you know, if they're losing 13-3, 17-6, and he does that for a month, like, I'm ready to move on. Sure, if Um, they're
2: one and five at the bye, the season's over anyway.
1: Right. Well, that's, that's, they may not be one. It it could be like, I mean, last year when they had a winning record, I took heat from a lot of people because I was like, this guy isn't, he's not good. And Oh, we have a winning record. Yeah. I get that. Like, but you have a winning record because your defense and running backs are literally uh, carrying the team. Like it's despite him. And if I'm not saying that's going to happen again, I've said many times and a lot of people got on me today in some of the chats I did that, you know, what do you mean? He's getting better. He's still trash. He still sucks. Still the same guy. I'm like, well, look at, He's doing some things now that he didn't do before. That That's the definition of improving. You're there getting better statements. at things, and that's what he's doing right now.
2: There are two statements that are true about last night's game. Zach Wilson was better than I've seen him in a really long time, specifically the second half of last he season. He was. And number two, Zach Wilson wasn't the worst quarterback on the field last night. Not by a
1: long shot. That is an objectively
2: true statement. And I'm sorry, Bills fans. Zach Wilson was not the worst quarterback on the field last night. You lost that game in the second half because of Josh Allen. Yeah, well, that's my fault. What what I, I, I see people
1: right. killing him for the one interception. And I think so. So I guess if you're a Bills fan, you'd be fine with trading Josh Allen for for Zach Wilson. Right. Because he threw he threw a bunch and he had, like I said, C.J. Mosley dropped one. He should have four picks. So if Zach is the worst quarterback in the league because he threw a pick, surely if you were a Buffalo fan, you'd be thrilled to get Zach Wilson in exchange for Josh Allen. Oh, no, Allen's awesome. Okay, well, then shut up. Like guys have bad days, bad games, bad plays, whatever.
2: I'm not trying to paint this with sunshine and rainbows that Zach Wilson's now going to be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Same I was here, Zach, yeah. I was a Zach guy coming out. There's a picture. It's on Same. my Twitter account. You can go see it. It's me holding up a big Panini card with Zach Wilson on it the night before the draft because I was like, this is my guy. This is my quarterback, yep. right? So I'm biased. I, I'm a Zach defender. I'm a Zach guy. I understand that. But I'm also willing to look at what he's done over the first two seasons of his career and understand that there are, there are flaws here. He's not the quarterback that I thought he was going to be hitting yep. the ground running. But I will say this. If you are going to go into every game thinking that the Jets are just doomed. Find something else to do with your Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. I'm sorry. you just you you, got to go into these games. It's okay if you're wrong. It's okay if Zach becomes a thing. It's okay if Zach puts it together and is good enough for this team to win. Again, this is a bad example because he played really well on Sunday, and I think we're starting to see that this guy is becoming a better quarterback than than the idea of him. But if Zach Wilson can become just Brock Purdy from last year, the Jets are going to be really good. Take, yeah. I would love to that's take it. Brock that's Purdy it. in a heartbeat that's right now. All he needs to
1: be moves the ball, and doesn't turn it over, throws two touchdowns a week. I'll take yeah. that. Two touchdowns,
2: a couple field goals on this defense. You're you're going to the playoffs. So let's compare, let's compare the two teams, right? You've got two good defenses. You've got Brandon Ayuk, Garrett Wilson. You've got you have Christian McCaffrey. You got Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Like the, the teams are built the same. They're from the same tree. Like they're yeah. built the same yeah. way. So Zach, that's that's the model. If Zach Wilson can be Brock Purdy. That's what you're looking for. And I think that's enough for them to be able to to win enough ball games. Like I, I said it in a tweet last night. They've got to get to 11 to make the playoffs, in my opinion. That's the magic number. They got one. I don't know how they're going to get the next 10. I truly don't. But that's the goal. Every week we get one closer, that's that's a win for me. Just move us closer to that big target of 11.
0: Yeah. And, and it, obviously it looks a lot harder now without Aaron Rodgers in the fold. But I haven't have gone back, back.
2: Can you put up a comment? Can you put up Peter's comment about Brock Purdy was good immediately? Bruh, Peter's com- – oh, yeah. It was good immediately. This is Zach's third year. This is delusional. Peter, I, I'm asking you, Chris Schubert to Peter, okay? Peter to Chris Schubert. What more do you want me to do? The New York Jets are going to have Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. I can either choose to believe that Zach Wilson, with Aaron Rodgers mentoring him in this offense, is going to be able to make marginal enough progress for this team to be good, or I should – Turn off the microphone, leave the, leave the show, not watch football for the remainder of the season. That's what you're asking me to do by saying, I, I don't believe in Zach Wilson. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. I don't think they can win with Zach Wilson. But can they be competitive? They are still, they've still got a top three defense in the league. They still have Brees Hall. They still have Garrett Wilson. They still have all of these things. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And
1: what I what think about Brees Hall. What a story. Yeah, t- I didn't mean
0: to cut you off to down, down, but no, but remember no. when I said he
2: wasn't a franchise player when we did the roster? Or I, I know, I right? Know. We both
0: look like I'd like to make a change. I'd like to make buffoons change. on that one, even though he looks like he lost a step. And we'll finish up on Zach Wilson. Even though it looked like he lost a step a little bit and he's not fully back, he right. still outruns your, you know, yeah. not top defenders in terms of speed. So there's just an in- incredible to see that 83 yard run Garrett just block and we would have had a touchdown I,
1: dude, I was I'm watching <laughs> that I'm like what is he it's doing
0: he's
2: got 35 yeah. yards to go yeah. and you could see and
0: like mid- field, and he's celebrating you
2: could see Brees was kind of running out of gas at that point and it's like Garrett you got to do him a solid here buddy come on help him <laughs> yep. out yeah uh, Peter I agree that you can be critical and be a fan but what's there okay this is going to be a really tough concept I understand what is, going- what is- there to be critical about about 2023 Zach Wilson I I know that's a that's a I'm asking a very big picture question here what is there to criticize about 2023 Zach Wilson he came in the game in an impossible spot the crowd would have been ready to jump all over him if he came into that game and lost you know what they didn't do they didn't jump all over him because Zach Wilson didn't give the game away which is what you're asking him to do so for 2023, Zach Wilson, would we all not agree here? One for one for Zach in 2023? And,
1: and and I think this week is going to be big because now this isn't coming in cold off the bench like this. He's going to get a week of prep. He knows he's the starter. And they can't. Like, I know I said just a few minutes ago, right? Get run, You know, strong run game defense, let that win. But as you said, and I said the same thing earlier, when you do let him throw it, you got to let him throw it. You got to you air it out. Yeah. keep everything uh, within 10, 12 uh, nope. yards. And I really – I said the same thing you said, Chris, when I said it earlier. I'm willing to accept that, okay, he came into a game where he he didn't get the reps during the week. Sala may have said to Hackett, look, just don't let this kid lose us the game. We can win this game. Just keep it conservative. Don't turn it over. And that's fine. But that mm-hmm. is not a formula that you can live on all season. Well, so it, you can run it. like yeah. I think back to the old – remember the Bengals-Mark Sanchez game, right? The playoff mm-hmm. game. When the Jets ran it like 47 times and they threw it like 15 – but there was some downfield throws. Like, they let them open it up and, and beat the defense. They've got to let Zach – got to take the training wheels off. This, this, this can't be a regular thing of just everything is within 10 yards of the line.
2: Peter, we're just having fun back and forth, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> we're just having fun here, right? Yeah, but I will say this, right? Yeah, if people you
1: are, People are fired up right
2: now. If, if you – if, if you're going to put Zach in there and you're going to go to the podium and say, this is not a competition – and listen, it's Coach he's going to say all these things. But if you're going to go to the podium and say, this is not a competition – we're going to bring in somebody for veteran depth, but this is Zach's team. Zach's our guy. Zach's our QB1. Then you can't go out there and call the game as if you're scared to let him do anything. Because if you're scared to let him do anything, then go get somebody else and let Tim Boyle play. Or yeah. let whoever you're going to sign up the Street play. If you're going to say to everybody, Zach's our guy. This is Zach's team now. We believe in our quarterback. There is no competition. Then you got to add all the bag of tricks. I, I want the bag of strips to be dumped out on the sideline so that Zach can pick up whatever one he needs. You cannot handcuff him.
0: Yeah. And, and I think for, and I haven't gone back and watched everything yet and done my play charting. Um, obviously, I'm a little, you know, distraught about the whole situation. But can you tell that I haven't
2: at, talked about the game with anybody yet? Have you? Can you right, tell?
0: Yeah. Getting all the emotions out now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I looked at the game from Zach Wilson and I, it, two glaringly bad plays. Obviously the interception was bad because you had two guys wide open in Cook and I believe Conklin wide open and you still chose the deeper guy in uh, Randall Cobb and then the play where he drifted back like 20 yards and then threw it into the field of play and it was kind of a 50-50 dirt ball and almost a catch almost an interception type of thing. It was weird but those were the two glaring negatives about him. Everything else was kind of game manager but like you said Chris you can't coach scared and i felt like that's what happened the second Rodgers went down maybe i don't want to blame anybody but maybe solace said hey hack like we got this defense humming we can win with the defense let's just play conservative 13 personnel like all of the second half is just crazy i i, I love our tight ends but 13 personnel that much you were playing scared and you were definitely playing scared because you had one-on-one with garrett wilson when you were in 13 personnel and you didn't take advantage of it not once. So it's really frustrating from that standpoint because you can't coach scared, and you're not going to win the 11 games needed to get to the playoffs if you do it that way.
2: And, and the, the other big takeaway that I had from Zach's performance, and again, was it perfect? No, it, it wasn't. He he missed some throws. Like it wasn't. It, there was some stuff that just missed, right? And there was some there was some bad. But I will tell you, he did a great job of not taking bad sacks. He did a great job of when he was out of the pocket and he and he made the decision internally. I got to get rid of this ball. He actually got rid of it. We didn't see the New England Patriots thing where he kind of floated it along the sidelines for an interception. So if if the idea with Zach Wilson is the problem is he just makes too many of those little mistakes. He takes a bad sack. He makes a bad throw. Well, guess what? He limited that damage last night. I, I give it, the two perfect examples was the one sack where he kind of houdinied himself out of it so that they could kick the field goal early in the second half. Where I was like, please don't take a bad sack and then he ran around basically got to midfield worked his way back and then threw it away and then the the play i think it was a couple of drives later where they were down in the red zone and he rolled himself out to the left and as he was falling back just got rid of it and made sure it got out of bounds those are things that are important those are things that are the improvement and if he's if he can make those those small steps and start to stack those steps together or he's consistent for 2 or 3 games like they can lose the game against Dallas, and Zach can play well, and that's a good sign for the remainder of the season. Those two things can work together. And so we'll see. I, I don't know. I Again, I, I don't have high expectations. I think this is going to be an uphill battle to make the playoffs. I don't know where they're going to get the nine or ten wins that they're going to need in order to get to the postseason because I just think this offense is going to be tr- – trunk down over the next couple of weeks because it's going to be bad and, and and i think that's that's coaching scared we'll see i um, will give them an opportunity to to, to, to see I, I will say this i am concerned that the primary cl- play caller for the new york jets is a guy who in his career is a primary play caller without aaron Rodgers. it's not a great it's not a great resume it was a concern at the time when they hired Hackett. and i brought it up so this isn't sour grapes this isn't hindsight the, the three years he was the coordinator in jacksonville he had one good season he was the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, didn't call the plays. And the two years that Rodgers had in Green Bay where he won the MVP, LaFleur was the primary play caller. So there are some concerns there as well of what this is going to look like.
0: Yeah, I think if there's one position group that I'm worried about coming out of that game, especially offensively, Zach not included, it's the wide receiver position. They were just non-existent. Uh J. E. yeah. there's a comment. Did Miko yeah. Hardman even play? No, I don't know. Like I literally Let don't know. I'm trying out. to. Look. I don't think I saw him on the field. I, I think he had to have played a couple snaps. I'm on the defensive snaps one. for PFF, but
1: I think Zach played- Rosenblatt put out the snap, the snap count. I think he played one. One snap.
0: That's not great. That's no for a guy that's making almost four or five million this year, I believe, guaranteed. But is, now was that he didn't take that a product according to PFF. He what now? He didn't take a single offensive snap, according to maybe Peter. maybe he played one on special. Teams. It was might have been special played. teams. Yep. OK. But
1: the thing is, is that him or is that, you know, because we know Aaron Aaron Rodgers loves his deep shots. But, you know, sure. was that game plan or was that the Jets saying, you know what, we're not doing anything that's going to require him tonight because it's all going to be short stuff. They went, they but, went 12, but even 13, to have him out there as a 12. decoy, like let him let him run some clear out routes. And it, yeah, ha- having him not play doesn't make sense.
0: They yeah, went 12 it, and 13 That's I was going to say, to your point, Chris, yeah, they did, because I'm looking at it. Garrett Wilson played 50 snaps. Conklin, your next highest skill position at 43. Who had one more than Lazard? And Uzama had 30 snaps. So Ruckert had 18. Rucker? Rucker had 18, and he probably didn't have 18 all of last season. I so, was going to say,
2: that was a lot more 13, of Jeremy Ruckert than I was expecting to see on Monday Night Football. I was happy because he was out there throwing blocks and creating some space, but it was I'll tell more you what, Ruckert than I expected.
1: You know, much bigger fish to fry for this team right now. But watching Jeremy Ruckert, I had the same thought that I had in the preseason. I'm like, why is, why can't he do whatever they're going to ask Nick Bauden to do? I feel like for, Bauden's another guy. Would he play two snaps, I think? Um, You know, for a guy who doesn't play much and he's going to be used as a fullback blocker, I feel like Ruckert can do that. But again, much bigger fish to fry. But that's, to me, that's like, I feel like it's a roster spot being used on a guy who probably won't play a ton. Um, So we'll see.
0: Yeah, he played eight snaps. I don't know how many of those. I don't believe any of those were with Rodgers on the field. Um, But that's. I thought it was more of like a Rodgers likes the fullback in his offense type of thing. Uh, We have a question in the chat from Mr. Forte. Would you rather him return kicks, him being Nicole Hardman? I think Gibson is good there. Yeah, I think after last night. He's returned
2: the touchdown to win the game.
0: I don't Without think Miko Hardman. Kick returner. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Nico Hardman is is going to be the starter in any capacity in the return game. Um, but I would like to see him on offense. Maybe the dislocated finger played a, a bit of a factor into that. But they didn't dress Brownlee and Charles yeah. in their inactive list. So you would think if they sat two wide receivers, that Hardman would get up. And uh, no, that's not the case. Even Xavier Gibson played one snap on offense. So Miko Hardman did not play any, and, and Xavier Gibson did. That's something to monitor going forward. Um, offensive line, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I don't think they're to blame for a lot of things in that game. Aaron Rodgers' injuries, not one of them. Um, not holding up for Zach Wilson the rest of the game. That's definitely on their fault. And uh, Lake and Tomlinson did not uh, impress yeah, which, me at all. A 3.3 of offensive, 3 line was offensive grade, and which, and. and, and which side of the
2: offensive line was the problem last night?
0: Yeah, The left, the left side, absolutely. It certainly yep.
2: wasn't the AVT Makai, Vecton side. No. That yep. side was was very good. And, sh- and shout you out wonder to if
1: Becton. Tomlinson doesn't get better, he's making a lot of money. Like at some point, do you say, you know, look, we're, we're you know, however many games into this thing and, and you're not playing up the par, not a lot of teams, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of teams won't bench a guy because of what he's making. But right. if Tomlinson doesn't come around and you've got, you know, you've got Tipman who's done some work at guard,
2: So I have a dumb question because I didn't keep up with this a ton during training camp. When McGovern was with the ones, right? As the center, Zach was with the twos, right? Was Zach with Titman a bunch?
1: I would have thought later in camp he was because Titman started camp with the threes, but eventually went to work with the twos.
2: Because if Lakin doesn't play well, I could see that because we talked about this when we could see
0: this occurring, you could make a center change and kick McGovern to left guard and and Rogers being out of the equation really just right. blows it, up the whole center conversation in general because, because we always a, said right. McGovern is the guy you have to play him with with Rogers etc but now yeah you open yourself up to a world of possibilities what I thought was weird about Tipman was and this is all projection from Samini but he projects the inactives every week and he projected Tipman to be inactive and I was like I don't know man like he's like a really good all around interior player. I know Wes Schweitzer is your backup guard, but I think Tippmann's probably a better backup guard, you know, with better upside, I should say. But yeah, I think the, the, the door is wide open if Lakin struggles and he had a really bad false start. He had a, a run block rep where he just fell over. Like he just glitched and froze and fell over. So it's going to be a uh, not so t- uh, nice watching the all 22 on Lakin. And he is one of those guys where he just makes a little bit too much money to immediately take him off the field. And, this was one of the guys, and I think maybe John Benton was the one in the, the flight meeting or the flight video in the yeah. off season talking about Tomlinson. And he's like, this is the guy you can lean on every single play, especially in the block, block Aaron games. Donald. Yeah, you can block Aaron Donald. Like, dog, you can't block anything right now, clearly. So it's really yeah. unfortunate for him. I'm not going to say full out, go bench him, but... Dallas uh, not, is tough at this point. But Dallas is the, he, probably he, the second best D line in the league behind us. Yeah, and it, yeah. they showed it in, in our stadium, in jet life stadium, they pounded the giants. So it's kind of tough. It's going to be a, a wild one to watch, but Tomlinson is the, the red flag still. And currently
1: the idea He's the guy that I said, Austin. I'm most, most looking forward to watching. Cause I want to see that all 22 and like, how good was he when he was good and how bad was he when he was bad? Because he just, I think with all the storylines, he didn't get talked about as much as he should have been because he was a huge, you know, area of concern coming into the season based on salary and performance. He was not very good last year, and he makes a ton of money.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm scared of uh, Michael Parsons uh, going up to Zach Jack Wilson
0: <laughs> next week. That too. It gives me nightmares. Yeah. Uh, can we we'll talk about it. defense? Yeah, absolutely.
2: I feel like I owe some people some apologies on defense, and so I figured I could start and give those apologies out.
0: Sure. Chris's public apology to one <laughs> Mr. <laughs> – we can hey, no, there's this two.
2: there's two public apologies this week two public apologies public apology number one to jordan whitehead now it does help what josh allen just politely throws you the ball three times but three interceptions you hit your incentive i you've made that on the fly you <laughs> yes. did not have that ready to go um three interceptions you hit your incentive you create turnovers it's one of the things we said was a achilles heel no pun intended of his defense was the idea that they don't, turn the, they don't get turnovers. They were able to do that a bunch in this game. That's public apology number one. Public apology number two belongs to a guy that if he continues to play this way, I did the celebration when he made a big play last <laughs> night, because if this guy continues to play this consistently and is an eraser in the passing game the way that he was last night, the Jets might not have a problem at a position that I think they have a problem with. Quincy Williams, you get an apology from me because you played – potentially the best football i've seen you play in a jet uniform he was incredible you saw all the plays that you normally see from him all over the place making tackles bringing the energy but i thought the coverage stuff was great i thought like he just played so so well so that's public apology number two i want to give a guy a shout out jermaine johnson played really well last night in that football game like they have him standing up and i love the way that they utilized him in this game. And I thought he was able to be a difference maker. So the pass rush continues to be a strength. I thought Quincy played well. And if you're going to get those performances from Quincy, and he doesn't have to have, to have three picks every week, but Jordan Whitehead being a pest, being a nuisance back there as a safety, if they've got that
0: clicking, this defense is going, to be, is going to be able to be even more consistent than I think they were a year ago. Funny stat about Jordan Whitehead. He was only targeted two times in the ball game. Came away with three interceptions mm. though. Stuff, really, really and interesting. He, you
1: hear he uh, he he hit an incentive, right? Oh, you hear about that? Yeah, Two, yeah. That? week <laughs> one. I hit my one year incentive. That's like that's like being a salesperson and hitting your quota for the year in one day, and you're like, well, I'm good.
0: Yeah, it's insane, crazy. Uh, Quincy Williams though, ten targets, seven receptions. This is all per PFF, thirty-five yards. So seven. Com- seven receptions for 35 yards, an average of five per catch. You were catching the ball and getting tackled by number 56. You were not getting, you were not getting a blade of turf or a bead of turf on 56 last night. And he brought the the energy for sure. Yeah. And a
1: lot of people have said it, you know, and I I was thinking it, I was, as I was watching it, Chris, you know, you just said it. A lot of people said that may have been his best game as a jet. He was, he was phenomenal and it's, it's great to see, Um, you know, same thing with whitehead and, you know, I, I get, you know, it's it, it's having a little fun with, with saying, you know, we projected this and they did that. Oh, this guy, an apology. But really, anything we've said on the about these guys, because it, it, I, I commented on this earlier, Jordan Whitehead sent out a tweet clearly upset with people who questioned him during the offseason, saying, you know, everyone praising me now, I don't want to hear it. You know, stay away. I, I heard what you said about me in the offseason, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I look at that, I think, well, it kind of were a disappointment last year fantastic if you're bouncing back and and you're going to have a a great season and maybe you finish with six or seven picks this year but I don't you know it's not like he was lighting the world on fire last year and people were criticizing him he had a ton of missed tackles there were a lot of plays where he was the closest defender on deep balls that he got beat on um but look when they signed the guy I was I was I loved the signing I went I watched like three or four Tampa Bay games I thought he did a great job I didn't see him missing a ton of tackles I didn't see I saw him doing a nice job you know, coming downhill against screen passes and the short stuff, you know, controlling the box. Like, he did some things well, and those things didn't happen last year. So I'm like, did I just, you know, by chance, happen to watch three of his best games? Or, you know, like, which is the real guy? And last night, he looked phenomenal, and I loved it. Um, but, yeah, it's you know, both these guys, both those guys played the best games they've played as a Jet. And John Franklin Myers was a monster.
2: Yeah, You know, oh, constantly,
1: constantly living in the backfield. It was a great effort. And, you know, defense was as advertised.
2: One more thing on Quincy real quick before we shift gears to whatever else you guys want to talk about. Um, What makes me even more excited with the way Quincy played was it was clear from the get-go that the game plan from the Buffalo Bills was quick game, get our tight ends, get our running backs involved, and get the ball to them. Let them make a play in space, right? That was – everything was – Three steps and Josh was getting it out. They were not giving him the time to be able to run around specifically in the first half. And so it was really impressive to me to see the way the jets defense, specifically the linebackers, because we talked about that going in, that that was the matchup that we were most concerned about mm-hmm. those linebackers and safeties covering the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. And they did a very, very good job with that, especially when it was the game plan of the bill specifically in the first half. So that gives me a, a lot of confidence moving forward for that group. Yeah. Uh,
0: I do have a question here. We have, we have to address it. I'm not going to make a ton of excuses other than it looked like he just lost his best friend on the field and didn't know what to do for the 60 minutes of the game. Sauce Gardner did get kind of abused by uh, Stefan Diggs a little bit, five targets, four catches for 59 yards, very unsauce like um, He just looked lost out there. Not, that's not to say he's going to be a bad player in his second year coming off the defensive rookie of the year, but after the Rodgers injury, it felt like obviously fans felt it, but you have to think some of those players felt it as well.
2: And, and yes. sauce in particular, right? Like, yes. I mean, like they're mean,
0: best friends yeah. now. Like they did the whole midfield celebration and everything, their handshake. So I'm not making excuses for sauce. You got to turn it around next week against uh whoever you're covering, CD Lamb, whoever's yeah. out there, Michael Gallup. So uh, but I, I think that was definitely a bad first showing, but I think Diggs is a little weird. Can we talk about Diggs's body language on the field just staring at people and like I don't know. He scored the touchdown, he was getting all into it, but like I don't know, dude, you just you can't cl- you can't close out. You just can't yeah. close out games because you're quarterback. So it's just tough that
2: was I disappointed? Yeah, we, we we expect Sauce after what he did in, in his rookie of the year campaign to basically be an eraser out there. Like he yes. he's expected to only give up like two catches for six yards. Like that's what the expectation is, and you expect him to go at it with with digs and 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 play very well. So yeah, am like disappointed? Yeah, of course. I, you expect him to play better. The Jets won the football game because of their defense. Yeah. The defense is not just Sauce Gardner. D.J. Reed made a big play in overtime to break up a pass that led to the punt, that led to the touchdown that wins the game. So, yeah, am I disappointed? Yes. Do I expect that to continue throughout the course of the season? No. He's Sauce Gardner. He's going to be very good. He's going to make the adjustments. And this defense is not just one player, two players. It's a very, 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 very good group, very deep group uh, that I think is going to bounce back from any bad performance that they might have on a week-to-week basis.
1: Yeah. and I, I, One of the reasons I was looking forward to that all 22, Chris, You and we've said how – you know, Josh Allen was getting the ball out so quick. I wonder how much of that was attributed to, you know, Stefan Diggs is generally a big play guy. Like he he makes big plays. They try to take big shots with him. We saw it last year against the Jets. He had the, you know the one big catch early and had several attempts deep down the field. Um, were they just taking the any cushion Sauce was giving him and just hitting him on five and six yard routes? I mean, he didn't he didn't average a ton of yards per. He, he had the one eighteen yarder, um, and then beyond that, he probably averaged seven eight yards a catch. So. I think it, it may have been a case of is this sauce giving him a little bit of cushion and Buffalo saying every time he gives you a, a half a step, we're going to hit you on a quick hitter and we'll take seven yards. We'll take six yards and you're not going to get your big chunk plays that you're used to, but we want to get you involved and keep you producing. So we're going to go for like more of an efficient approach and sort of made it a little tougher on sauce to defend. I'm not saying that's what definitely happened, but that's the feeling I had as I'm watching the game. I, I thought I'm, I'm, I'm seeing digs make a lot of catches, but a lot of it is like in front of sauce, quick hitter, quick you know, short gain. And that's kind of what they made they made their living with. And and we did we got spoiled the sauce last year. I said it yesterday sure. on a, a pod that last year he just as a rookie I kept saying he's gonna have a week where he doesn't look like that guy. Like he's a rookie. Rookies have hiccups and bad weeks, and he never had one. Um, and he starts this year with a as sti- statistically you know not not a day that you expect from him. But I don't know that it, it it didn't bother me all that much to if you're containing a guy and keeping him to eight nine yards a catch. Um, for a guy who's probably a thirteen or fourteen yard to catch guy in a good day, I don't I don't mind that a whole
2: lot. And like yeah, ag- you
1: said, you won the game.
2: And again and again, I don't know if it was the game plan going in, but I think throughout the course of the game, the Jets were like, "Sure, you, you go ahead, you pick Take up those it. high six yards." Because yeah. do you know what? You weren't able to do against the New York Jets, and this is not a surprise considering the, the team that they played. But you weren't able to run the ball effectively against the New York Jets. So they said, okay, you're you're not going to run it against us. So you're going to pick up everything short. We're going to keep everything in front of us. You're not going to beat us over the top. And they didn't have those big plays. The only big plays the Bills did have were these lovely interceptions that Josh Allen threw. 20-plus yards down the field, he was awful. Everything Mm -hmm. he threw down the field was was either incomplete or a turnover. So for the Jets, you have to, I think, shift your focus on a week-to-week basis. Did Sauce give up a stat line that you're like, huh, that's a little weird? Yeah. But the defense played really well. They didn't give up anything that I went. Oh, that's just that's a misfire. Like Diggs mm-hmm. caught all that stuff in front. and I was like, okay, like oh, he's going to get his. Like he's don't forget he is Stefan Diggs. Like he's a very good wide receiver. That's what I said earlier. I was like, like he's like Stephon Diggs. You're gonna Wait, he's going to get his catches. Right. He'll and it, not he'll gonna, if they're
1: going to be a bunch of seven, eight, nine yarders, then I'll take it.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I this defense is no not a concern. Uh, love what we saw. No. and They're going to continue to be fine. Uh, Robert Sala coached them up like it was fine.
0: There were four players on the Jets defense that played every single snap. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, the obvious ones. CJ Mosley, the obvious one. Quincy Williams, the fourth one. They played two linebackers on every single play. So kudos to Quincy, but we can't get out of here without talking about younger brother Quinnen Williams. 69 total defensive snaps for the for the Jets. Quinnen played 52. Glenn, this That's this percentage number. is going to make you smile. 75.3%. Of the defensive snaps for Quinnen Williams, we have escaped the sixty percent purgatory with Quinnen Williams. Even though Sala said he's going to get his sixty percent, I don't care if it was overtime. Quinnen got his, and he balled out. And that run stuff he made was
1: overtime aside. I just, I that's one of the things I want to see. Is is this has he now entered that threshold where you say this is no longer a guy that we can have on the bench forty percent of the time? and it's just going to be a regular thing cuz if quentin williams is going to play 75% every week i'm i'm ecstatic
0: yeah uh, five total pressures three tackles only one missed tackle three run stuffs this guy was quintessential quentin like and and, everybody and, and, was and you wondering. know teams are
1: trying to stay away from him you know and you yeah. know he's getting doubled and he's still making plays and everybody else is... and i said before the game and it, it's it's crazy and I, I mentioned it again after the game how crazy is it that this defensive line is deep enough it like if i would have told you two years ago carl lawson is going to be on the jets roster and if there's a day that he can't play you're just going to go okay like that's fine mm-hmm. we, we got like six seven other guys who can do what he does so i'm okay with that and they, they didn't really it, not only did lawson not play as we mentioned no, mcdonald only played a
0: handful of snaps 13. Like, the number yeah, of mine is
1: 11. How many did he play?
0: 13. I was just about to okay. get to him. He had 13 was snaps, 11. Okay. Three were pass rush. Uh, three were run defense. Ten were pass rush. But he ended up with one run stop and one total tackle. So, he was out there more than me, Cole Hardman. But the number, it's just sort of consistent
1: with what we saw with Jermaine Johnson last year, right? Like, Jermaine Johnson, as a first-round rookie edge rusher, didn't get to see the field a whole lot. I thought McDonald would see more playing time because of Lawson being on the bench but he didn't and they they were fine without him keep him fresh that's I'm fine with it if you have the bodies to to do it then do it
0: yeah yeah we'll close with this as we hit the one hour mark five total sacks three interceptions we know who got all three picks but Jermaine Johnson got a sack Uh, John Franklin Myers got a sack Quentin Jefferson welcome to the team got Two sacks, and Al Woods also, welcome to the team, got a sack. So they really got after Josh Allen, and I think we'll get more into it on Thursday, but I think that is going to be the key. If you can make Dak Prescott look like league-leading interception Dak Prescott next week, I think you have a chance. The defense is going to be really hard against our offense. That's not that's no question, but what will our defense be to their offense to slow them down is is really going to be the key. We'll get into that Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. You can catch us all. We'll be back here live. Uh, In the meantime, you can follow Jet Nation at Jet Nation on all social media platforms. You can follow Glenn on X at JN Radio underscore Glenn. That's Glenn with two N's. Follow his college draft account. Now that we don't know what the season that is going to have for the Jets, there's going to be plenty of college talk on this podcast again. We can't escape it no matter how hard we try. We got a first round pick now. We have we a, got a first, first round, round pick. pick back. Let's go. Right, right
1: back in the mocks now. Joe Alt, I've been absolutely. looking at like 60 and below this whole time.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's been rough, like scouring the potential third round picks. Now you can get, talk about the guys that are up at the top. So it'll be fun. You can follow me at D Terraman. You can follow Chris at Chris Schubert underscore. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We had a lot of live viewers today. We really appreciate everybody's questions. I know there's a lot of, discourse around the quarterback position in the jets right now. So we'll be here to talk about it all. So until next time, let's go jets. With lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No lucky Land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
1: registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.